What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 60 of Instagram Marketing Secrets Podcast. Today, we are doing something pretty pretty cool and different because uh, what I've learned from working with a bunch of you guys is that some of you could get better at you know your hashtags, your content strategy, all the things that happen on Instagram. But for some of you, you're pretty good at it. Um, you're just not the best at selling your own product or service. I know it sounds weird. You're like, what are you talking about? It's my product. Of course, I know how to sell it. Well, could you use some more sales? Then you came to the right episode because uh, something that a lot of you don't know is that my background is not in social media marketing. It is in direct sales. Uh, for over seven years, I was just a commission-only based um sales rep. So I would go out, I'd cold call, I'd prospect referrals, I'd cold call those referrals. And then I'd go set up the appointments and I'd go do a pitch and then I'd sell them stuff and then I'd get their referrals. And I just kept going uh, for seven years. And I did like uh, trade shows and farmer's markets and all these things where basically I'm meeting with a customer face to face. I got a couple minutes to close them on over a thousand bucks. So Sales is my first love, and that's what I really got my skills in. Social media came second because it's actually a little bit easier to figure out the Instagram algorithm and content strategy and things like that than it is to actually be able to sell stuff. And you want to be able to have both things going for you, obviously, Um, but if you can't sell things properly, you're never going to get sales on Instagram because Instagram is the fastest moving traffic. And if we can't slow them down and actually be able to close them by talking to them in the right way with things that actually build value, then we're just going to, you know, one, not get sales and two, not really like annoy people. But I mean, People who aren't interested in our product can only hear our offer so much before they're like, okay, I get it. So um, we're going to be going into three things today that you have to understand. Um, and this is going to help you guys out with life in general because sales is is life. And uh, whether you get into you know, selling your own product or you just get into selling yourself from this, uh, it will help you understand sales. So let's go into my first key concept here. You need to understand the goal of a salesman is not to get people to say yes. This is one of the biggest misconceptions in sales because people are like, oh, I'm not a good salesman because I don't want to like persuade people to have to make a decision they don't want to. I don't want to have to manipulate them into saying yes. And that's not at all what sales is. Okay. The goal of a salesman is to get a yes or a no. The answer that salesmen hate is maybe. So you got to stop being afraid of no's. Okay, no's are part of sales. Uh, You'll never find a salesman that like you'll never find a very successful salesman that doesn't have like a ton of misses to go with it, a ton of no sales to go with it. I like to look at a, a Steph, Stephon Curry example. I don't know what the numbers played out to last year. Maybe the stats from a couple of years ago. I, I looked it up for the sake of a speech one time and uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find out my theory was right. Um, but basically in one year, Steph Curry was the 
number one for most three-pointers made, and he also missed the most three-pointers that same year. So it's just crazy. Like, you cannot get yeses without being okay getting noes. The people that say maybe are the issue. And the most common way for people to say maybe if you're in any kind of sales where you're actually talking to the customer, I know this is social media marketing. So a lot of you are e-commerce and you never actually talk to the customer face to face, but you might even just DM them and they, they say things like, okay, cool. I'll think about it and get back to you. And if you're brand new, you say, oh, cool. (laughs) How awesome. They're going to call me later. Okay. You got to beat it through your head that no one will ever call you later or do it later. If they cannot make a decision about the product when they are looking at your checkout page or when they are face to face with you, they will not make that same decision with less convenience later. Okay. If it's not convenient for them, more convenient than it is right in that given moment for them to just say, uh, yes, let's do it, then they will not do it. I don't care about if you have any stories that go against it. Like, of course, I do too. I do have some people that call me back later, but you never want to make those stories count for anything like, oh my God, people do it now. No, they don't. Don't ever bank on it. If they do, great. But otherwise, you need to understand that they are not going to do it later. Okay. Those of you that maybe you, you work like a a farmer's market or some kind of in-person event, uh, with your job sometimes. And you talk to people and they say, um, okay, cool. Well, um, do you guys have a website? Uh, and then you're like, yeah, definitely. It's this.com. And then you let them leave. And then you're like, yeah, they're going to buy online. They absolutely won't. Okay. So, What I'm getting at, guys, is when you have a customer that says maybe, that is where salesmanship is a thing, all right? That's where it really becomes a thing. And guess what? It still is not a job of persuading them to say yes. It is asking them questions so that they can make a yes or no decision. I don't care about no at all, okay? I'm going to give you an example throughout this episode of me selling a wine decanter. Okay, because wine decanter, it is a pretty like common item, but at the same time, it does have like some it, some value building that needs to happen in order for it to get sold. So if I had someone um, that was considering buying a wine decanter and I'm at a wine shop, um, they're like, okay, cool. Well, yeah, maybe I'll have to get that sometime. I'll be like, yeah, but by the way, do you drink uh, reds or whites for the most part? Oh, reds. Okay, perfect. I was going to say, if you drink whites, you definitely don't need the wine decanter. But for reds, it, yes, the wine decanter, actually, it makes a significant difference. I will tell you, when you decant the wine, it aerates it and it gets rid of all that bitter, those better, bitter tannins and it makes it like a lot smoother of a drink. So um, if you are drinking wet, I, I probably would recommend it. I mean, how often do you guys have a a bottle of wine once or twice a week? Is it just like, do you guys just drink wine every once in a while or do you actually like wine? And then they'd be like, oh, well, we actually like wine. Okay, I can tell you, you're definitely going to want that wine decanter and it is on sale right now too. Do you want to pick one of those up? And then they get to a point where they're like, yes or no, okay? I don't want maybe next time. I don't want, can I get a business card? I don't want 
do you have a website and you don't want that either and you need to not only realize that those are not ever going to translate to sales but don't be excited about it it's so funny because i worked enough shows like where i'd be working next to someone it was like their first event and people would come up and be like do you have a business card they'd be like yes i do they'd be like i brought them there you go Bye. Okay. You're never going to see them again. When people ask me for a business card, I straight up say, oh yeah, what do you need it for? This or this? Okay. And then they say, oh, this. Okay. Got it. Well, if you are looking to buy, I can tell you it's a lot cheaper to do it here. Oh, it is. Okay. I'll just do it here. All right. There's so many times that people are they're like, oh, do you have a business card? Yeah, sure. Okay. Bye. And then they never hear from them again when all that customer needed to do. If you just said, oh yeah, uh, why did you need the business card? And guess what? Some of them are like, well, I was just going to maybe um, call you later. I'll straight up be like, oh, well, you know, I'm limited on business cards. So um, if you, if you're interested, just come back to the booth. Otherwise, I mean, it's not something that you would actually do later. <laughs> like I tell people that I'm like, you wouldn't do this later, idiot. <laughs> Sorry. When I'm in, when I'm talking to customers, you'll never hear any kind of like, um, high pressureness or hard closingness or whatever. But like everyone that's a top rep in sales, when you're outside of the sales situation, they will talk like, oh my God, that customer is an idiot. Because really, like we already understand the psychology of what they're saying. They just honestly believe that they are going to call you later, which makes no sense at all. If they're not going to buy the product when it's in front of them, they will not buy it later. So all that sales is, is when you have someone in the maybe zone, you just ask them questions to lead them to an answer. And of course, then being a pro salesman is getting those questions refined in a way that does encourage you to get yeses, right? Like in my example, I said, oh, so do you guys, um, you know, is wine, it's just something that you kind of drink every once in a while, or do you guys like actually like it? The way that I worded it there, they're going to always say, oh, we actually like, it, okay, because that's how I, my syntax uh made that answer seem like the proper one. The second answer you give, uh, I'll say this as a quick tip, is way more likely to get picked. So anytime you're giving the customer two two options, which is also kind of the key here, two, uh, two option questions is one of the biggest keys to sales because it does two things. One, it steers the correct the customer in the direction that you need them to go, whether that be leading towards a yes or no, we don't really like wine. Okay, awesome. I probably don't think it's worth it. Awesome. Here's your, here's your wine. Bye. Okay. Get out. Um, it's, if it's a no, cool. It's done. Okay. Like that's the other thing is like bad salesmen don't know when they can't win. Okay. They're like, Oh, I'm going to keep going. Cause I'm, I'm a persistent salesman and they're just going with no data. Okay, it is not pushy to try to close someone on something that they're interested in. It is only pushy to try to close someone on something that they haven't given you enough info to indicate that they are actually interested. Okay, so like in that same example, if someone is like, oh, what's this? And you're like, oh, it's a wine decanter. And they're like, oh, cool. Um, some people think that means, oh my God, they're interested. Uh, I better pitch them on it. So just because the customer like asks about something doesn't mean like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch them on it forever and then try to close them. But the other thing that people do in this case too, is like, maybe you're really good at pitching. You just never ask 
for the order. You just never asked. Yeah, did you want to get it or not? So like go back to my example where I'm like, oh yes, I would definitely recommend that wine decanter since you guys do reds and you actually are serious about wine drinking. I can tell you it makes a significant difference in the taste. Unless you just want to like pour the wine out and like let it wait for a couple hours. The decanter is one of the only ways that you can make the, the wine just completely aerated within seconds and it makes the drink just a lot smoother. Do you guys want to get one of those? Okay, do you want to get one? Okay, the the question that so many people are afraid to ask. And guess what? I love that question because it gives me one of the two answers that I love. Yes or no. I love them both. Okay, I love when leads, like people that I'm calling like, "Hey, can I do an appointment with you?" Um, no, I'm sorry. That's not really, I don't really do that kind of stuff. Okay, bye. Cross her off, right? Rather than, um, I maybe, can you call me back? Sure. Let me call you back every week for the next six months until you finally pick up again and then say no. Okay, that is rude. All right. And a lot of people, the reason why they say maybe is they don't, they feel rude saying no. All right. And it is rude when they say maybe. And I let them know <laughs> for sure. I'm like, uh, I, yeah, I can call you back, but I can tell you from doing this for seven years, usually people just make me call them every week. And I do because you tell me to, but then you never pick up because like I'm calling you essentially to just ask if you have money and it just isn't good for our relationship. So I'm not going to call you next week because you're not going to want me to. Um, no matter how much you're saying so right now, like call me next week. When I do so, it's you're not going to be just like available shopping Amazon looking for what you should buy. You're probably going to be like driving the kids to school or watching TV or whatever. I'm going to annoy you if I call you next week. So I'm not going to do that. But what do you think? Do you, do you think it's worth it or not? Nah, I don't think it's really worth it. Hey, no problem. Thanks for coming up. We'll see you later. Boom. Awesome. Got my no. That's what I want. I want a yes or a no. And that's what you need to learn in sales too. Maybe is no. Okay. Maybe is no. Um, Unless you are the only person that can move someone from a maybe to a yes or a no. You have to understand that. A customer, even when they say, okay, I'll give it some thought later. As soon as they are off your website or away from your booth or away from talking to you. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. They're on their phone. Boom, they got a text. Oh, my fantasy football team just scored a touchdown. They're done thinking about you. You need to realize that. As soon as they are away from you or your website, they are done thinking about you. So that is why when the customer is telling you maybe and they are there, this is your only chance to close them. So ask yourself this. Are they going to be more happy with their money or with your product? And if the answer is, meh, I don't know, then you're probably selling the wrong product. If it's, oh, the the product for sure, because in 
five years, they'll still have it and they won't at all care about the $30 they spent. Okay. You, that's the other part of sales, which is conviction. Of course, is that I know that when I was selling that product for over seven years, if people didn't buy that sucks for them. Okay. Their life continues to suck without my product and I didn't do my job and I can't sleep right because I wasn't able to close them. So I know in my deep, deepest heart of hearts from doing it for seven years and having over 3000 customers with a hundred percent satisfaction rate. All right. 99.5 because a hundred would be possible. I know that if I can't get them to part with them, their money for my product, that I am screwing them over. So it took me years to actually get to that level of conviction. And you guys are probably still hearing it like, Oh my God, he really like freaking sold himself but like the product is that good like it's dumb when people don't buy and because of that i pursue the sale for the customer's sake okay that is the other part of this yes or no thing you are pursuing a yes or a no and you are doing it completely for the customer's sake that will make it so your words never come across wrong because if you say something like oh well yeah we're really trying to beat our um our quarter four sales from last year. So if you do want to get it, that would be great. Okay, get that crap out of there. That's the kind of things that sales reps say when they're not customer focused. Otherwise they say, hey, I can tell you from drinking wine for years too, if you guys are into wine, the decanter helps so much. And guess what, guys? I truly believe that. That's why I also chose this as my example. (laughs) Because if you don't have a wine decanter and you drink red wine, then you're really missing out. I already know this, okay? And money comes and goes and buying opportunities come and go as well. So don't be afraid. Don't worry. No one's ever buying your product and like, yeah, if I didn't buy your product, I wouldn't have been on the streets, but you made me buy your product. Okay. Like if they truly can't afford it, they probably wouldn't have even come up and talked to you in the first place or gone to your website in the first place. So they can't afford it. If they want it bad or enough, just ask them questions so that they can arrive if yes or no is the best answer for them. If it's no, that's totally fine. Just help them get there quicker than, okay, maybe, and I'll think about it later because they won't. All right. So let's go into tip number two. You have to learn how to talk to cold traffic versus warm traffic versus hot traffic. This is very common too. This is, you know, not at all my own tips here. I'm just going to give you like, these are very common sales practices, but I'm going to give you my take on them so you can understand them because obviously we are also Instagram marketers. So I'm going to translate it for you guys on the platform. Cold traffic versus warm versus hot. What is that? Cold traffic is someone who's never heard of your offer before. Warm traffic is someone who, you know, kind of knows about it and maybe might buy someday. And hot traffic are people that are ready to buy. They're just a couple clicks away or a couple things away uh, from being closed. And a lot of the times people on Instagram post as if they are talking to hot traffic and it is not a hot traffic platform. Okay. Uh, hot, hot traffic is going to be people who are already following you that have indicated like interest in your product. So when you do run like a sale, we'll say on your product, if, if your product needs a little bit of explanation to be bought, then you got to realize that these people, if you're doing like a regular post, that's like coupon code, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Put yourself in the customer's shoes because you're just posting 
what you want to happen. You're like, oh, I'm going to post this coupon code because if people go on my website and use the coupon code, that would be cool. So I'll post it. Okay. Put yourself in your customer's shoes. Okay. Or in this case, your followers' shoes. Would they have enough info to look at that coupon code as they're scrolling very fast on Instagram? Say, oh, coupon code, product I haven't heard of yet. What is this? Hold on. Before I scroll any further, I better make sure that this isn't a product that I want because it is on sale. Er, That doesn't happen. Okay, they're already gone. They're already past your listing. So usually when we're doing regular posts, which have an effort to go viral, which means that it's going to be seen by people who have never heard of us before. What does that mean? That you're going to need to include some extra information in that post to be able to, if you're going to try to sell something, you'd have to add value, right? You'd have to be like, it'd have to be a video of that wine decanter that's like 30 seconds long and it's got like text and it's got like an explanation in the caption, which, you know, who knows if they're still going to actually read all of this. Um, but, you know, to, to get them to read, see that post, not know what a wine decanter is, read all about it and then buy all in one, that's hard to do. And a lot of people think that Instagram, um, they should expect those results just from that one-time sale. And sometimes people have to follow you for years and see you post a product sale a couple times, or even if you don't like post a sale, but you just like do a post about it, you know, and you show a picture of it and you maybe build some value and there's never anything related to a sale. That's fine too. Um, you, you still might get purchases over time because people aren't on the social media platform necessarily to be closed. So what does that mean for like, you know, Instagram marketers, because obviously there's our customers are there. So the opportunity is there. Okay. That's, that's the thing you got to know when people are like, Oh, I don't know if Instagram is good or not. All you need to know is are our customers there? Okay, cool. Now, all you got to do is now you have to figure it out. Wherever the customers are is where you have to be. And then you have to figure out, okay, how do customers want to be talked to on this platform? What is the pace of their movement on here. Uh, what is their intentions, attention span on the app, which is again, very low. So what can we do? So that is why things like giveaways um, or like maybe email opt-ins or these quizzes that we talked about in the last episode, sometimes those things are the best ways to communicate with our traffic on Instagram to move them from cold to warm traffic, okay? I want you guys to know that almost 80% of your efforts on Instagram, maybe even more, should be with an effort of converting cold traffic to warm traffic. And even if you post something with no knowledge or think something about your product at all, that still has a chance to convert cold traffic to warm traffic simply because your post is going to get out there. It's going to get seen and you're going to get followers. And essentially is like, if you want to kind of define it like this, it's not as cookie cutter, but people who follow you are warm traffic just naturally because they already know about you somewhat and they have agreed to keep hearing from you. And then people who don't follow you are cold traffic and then people who follow you and you know are interested in your products 
our hot traffic. That's basically how we could define it like simply on Instagram with, of course, gray space to that statement. Um, But that's essentially how we should think about it. So when you're doing your next regular post, think, just know like, all right, obviously my goal is that like 70, 80, 90% of people who weren't following before see this. Okay. If you've ever downloaded my viral posting guide before, you know that I like to go off of that number. Um, more than anything is accounts percentage of accounts reach that weren't following you. That's in your insights. Um, if it's 70, 80, 90, that means your posts are doing great. And guess what? That number is subjective to your account size. That's why I like going off of that number. Don't be like, Oh, 200 likes. That means viral. Like viral is like subjective to where you are at. So if you do get an a post that goes 70, 80, 90% accounts reach that weren't following you, that means that you need to design that post for the cold traffic, the majority of those people who are not familiar with you. So keep making posts, uh, regular posts in particular, for could cold traffic see this and potentially be warm traffic after or potentially be hot traffic after or would they see it and just scroll by for instance if i just posted hey wine decanter on sale use promo code 20 wino and then someone who uh maybe they drink wine but they have no idea what a wine decanter is they see it they're like wine decanter 20 percent off i don't know what that is scroll past that is literally all that happens it is that quick, it, quicker. They're like, uh, I don't know what that is. Scroll past. Okay. Their mind doesn't even see it long enough to think the thought. I don't know what that is. If they don't recognize it, they've already scrolled past it. So I know a lot of you keep putting out promo codes and you're trying to sell stuff, but it's not necessarily the point of Instagram until you've got a substantial following. Okay. I didn't really get a lot of sales. Um, until I had like a few thousand followers from my e-commerce business. Now my podcast was dealt done a little bit differently because my main audience was first built on the podcast. And when I built my initial following on Instagram, you guys had already been listening to me for a while. So by the time I had 300 followers, you guys were all actually hot traffic at that point. My first 300 Instagram followers we're all hot traffic because you were all coming from the podcast. So I did run a sale for coaching packages and I sold over $1,200 to my 300 followers. So like, yeah, the follower number really doesn't matter in the end is what I'm getting at that a lot of you still need to get like, cause they're like, oh, how many followers do you have? Like, this should not be the first question you ask in Instagram marketing. It should not be the first thing that you go off of to determine your success because a lot of people with 50,000 followers can't run a sale and make $1,200 in a week, but I had 300 hot traffic following me. So let me ask you this. How many of your customers that are following you do you think are actually hot? Okay. So a lot of them are warm that follow you. Um, but how many of them are actually hot as in, Oh man, next time that product goes on sale, I'm totally buying it. Or Hey, next time, next Friday, when I get paid, I'm totally buying it. Okay. How many customers do you have that are ready to buy. They're just waiting for that next opportunity to do so. If not, that means that 
you know, here's kind of a general rule for story posts versus the regular posts. Your regular posts are going to be more seen from people who don't follow you. So make it designed for cold traffic, even if it is just a completely unrelated post to your products. Okay, that still is totally fine and should still comprise of most of what you post should be completely unrelated to your product. Okay, let me say that again. Most of what you post should be completely unrelated to your product unless your product itself is value okay if showing like if you're an artist then yes posting your artwork over and over is completely fine because your product is also your account's value okay but like for me if i'm selling you know uh, let's say i'm selling these wine decanters that would mean that i'm not posting the wine decanter all the time i'm posting wine tips and then the wine decanter some of the time okay so don't over post your products which a lot of you do um because you're like i'm gonna try to sell stuff i guess but the goal of instagram is to quickly collect an audience and to turn them from cold to warm and then from warm to hot through stories okay mostly your story posts are going to do a lot of the work from turning warm to hot because the majority of the people seeing your story almost 95 percent of it are people who already follow you so start thinking like that okay start thinking about if i was my follower in this position and i was seeing this post would i actually have enough information or would I actually be interested in what I'm posting right now? Because otherwise, you guys are kind of just making posts along the lines of, hey, I, I would hope that the result of what I'm trying to go for from this post, which is a coupon code, would happen. So I'll post it. When instead, you need to think, would my followers, uh, would my cold traffic actually be able to comprehend this? So um, those are the first two sales tips, guys. We're in a, about to go into tip number three. Just a quick word from my sponsor. All right, guys, so tip number three is how to actually build value because it's not just talking about why you love your product, okay? That is how most people build value is they just say, oh, I like it because of this. Oh, it's really cool because, oh, it's the best at this and every night I use it for this. You got to realize that if you are not saying facts, then you're not really building value, okay? Because when a salesman you got to, again, put yourself in your customer's shoes. A lot of you are selling to your customers as if they completely trusted you and um, everything you said just got compre- was believed. Okay. So for instance, if I'm, again, selling this wine decanter, let's say I'm at a, a trade show. You walk up first time you're ever meeting me. You're like, oh, what's this? Okay. If I said, oh, this thing is the best, like it's so awesome. Oh, I love it. I use it every night. Um, Okay. And I just go into like why I love it, Um, which is actually the point of um, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, when he's going around saying, sell me this pen, all of them focus on, oh, this pen is great. It's got um, a really nice cap. Stop talking about that. Okay. You need to realize that they're not buying it because of that. People are buying it because of seeking pain more so than seeking pleasure okay so that that's that's how tony robin robbins says it it's pretty common sales tips the tip though which is people are more likely to avoid pain than to seek 
pleasure. Okay. So it, it still is a combo of them both. Let me stick with my uh, originally what I was getting at there though with building value in things is not using opinions to do so. So for instance, wine decanter. I'm not going to say, oh, this thing's the best. Like it makes your wine so much smoother. Why? Even though I'm being honest, I'm a salesman that they just met. So when people are meeting someone in sales that they just met, they are naturally going to not believe everything they say, okay? Everything that I'm saying is not for their benefit at this point. It is to take their money. And that's not actually what I'm doing, but that is how they will perceive it because um, they would have to be, they would have had to have had only amazing experiences with salesmen up in their life up until that point in order to be that open to what I'm saying. So what does that mean? When you are initially building value with your customers, you need to use facts, okay? Whatever facts that you have. So um, maybe I say, oh yes, actually this was actually rated as the number one wine decanter from Wine and Home Magazine last year. Whatever you have, okay? I'm not saying make up facts, but you got to find those things. What are they? Even if they are just like, oh, according to this statistic, um, a lot of kids last year struggled with this. So that's why our product helps. What facts do you have in your repertoire that build value in your product? Because those are what you talk. Those are the first things that you say to cold traffic. Because it, the other rule with cold traffic is you got to know that not only will they, um, you know, not necessarily believe you, but they will actively not try to believe you. Okay. They will actively think that you are trying to take their money. So the only way that you can truly build value in terms of the pleasure of the product is completely getting rid of your opinion over what you think about it. Okay. Because they don't care about you. Your opinion only matters to people that trust you, okay? That's why um, word of mouth is some of the most powerful advertising, if not like the most powerful, because if a friend tells you, oh, you gotta try this product, they know that friend doesn't make commission. So they believe their friend, okay? But they know that you might make commission or at least you want a sale. So naturally they will not believe everything out of your mouth unless you say facts, okay? So find the facts involved with your business. That is what you start with. Now, as far as seeking pain uh, or avoiding pain versus seeking pleasure, what does that mean? So the main reason people would buy a wine decanter is not so their wine could taste better. It's so their wine stops tasting bad, okay, that their other wine tastes bad. So again, with with people trying to sell that decanter, they'd probably hyper-focus on, oh my God, like it tastes it tastes so much better. Like I like it so much. I'm so glad I got one. Um, rather than you could say something like, have you ever like tasted wine and you make a face like, uh, so have you ever tasted wine and it's like all bitter and it kind of like dries out your mouth? Have you ever had that? And they'd say, yes. They're like, yes. I'm like, yeah, basically the decanter takes that away. Okay. That is effectively selling someone something. Have you ever experienced this problem? cool. This product is the solution to that problem. And beginner salesmen like to make solutions 
and with, without creating a problem, okay? You're like, here's a solution. It's completely opinion-based solution based off of my own experience with my product. What do you think? And then you don't ask for the order. And then they say, maybe, and you say, okay. <laughs> that is the most basic salesman right there. And that is summing up this episode basically is just, is that, is they talk to cold traffic in a way with, with opinions, and then they don't ask for the order. So this is my final example of a bad salesman doing all three practices wrong. Hey, I just wanted to tell you about this wine decanter. It's super good. Like I tried it last night and it made my wine so much better. Okay, cool. Well, we'll have to think about that next time. Okay, no problem. Sounds good. That would be a horrible salesman. They can't make a yes or a no because you didn't give them enough information to do so. So why would you believe them that they are going to make a decision later when you already know they don't have enough information to make that decision, okay? So you don't have to combat people, by the way, when they say, okay, well, think about that. You don't have to say, oh, well, no need to think about it, okay? Anything like that. Again, if you say something that a salesman was expected to say, they will never believe you. Uh, It would be impossible for them to believe you unless they already knew who you were beforehand. So you cannot um, say things that are typical salesmen. Oh, what's there to think about? That is not what I mean by ask them a question. Okay. That is typical salesman. Okay. You need to know that like, what are the, what are the possible reasons they could not be buying right now? And then ask your question. Okay. Is it this or this? Because there's only so many reasons that someone doesn't buy your product. Okay, if there if I was going to make it a fourth tip for this episode, it would be list out all the reasons why someone wouldn't buy your product, okay? And now the next time that someone is saying, "Oh, I need to think about it," you already know that it's one of those reasons, okay? How how much more helpful is it to you that you already know, okay, when people don't buy, these are the four reasons that they don't. It's either price or they don't like fully understand the product or they weren't really interested in the first place or, you know, whatever, like whatever it is for your product or, or they just don't understand how to use it, okay, or, or whatever, or they don't understand what it would do for them. Once all these things are covered, then you actually have a chance to get a yes or a no out of the customer. So a lot of times people are hearing maybe, um, not because the customer is like still, oh, I got to think, do I want this $20 thing? Oh man, I got, I got to go home and think about this one. I'm going to go home and be like, do I want that $20 thing? I still don't know. Okay. They're not thinking about it at all. Uh, So um, if they can't make a decision on the spot about a $20 thing, it's not because they need to keep thinking about it It's because you haven't given them enough information or they are not buying for one of the few reasons that someone wouldn't buy your product. Okay. No matter what product you're selling, there's usually very few reasons why someone's not buying. So ask yourself that. Okay, why would someone not buy? Um, let's say I'm selling uh, decorations for a home. Why would someone not buy a decoration for their home? There's two reasons. One, um, they they don't want to spend the money. Okay, that's always an objection. Is they 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 don't want to spend the money, um, which is something that you can get around. Still, don't worry. And then two would be um, they don't know where they would put that decoration in their house, right? So maybe I'm selling decoration. They say, oh, I'll have to think about that one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it maybe it's a little more than you're looking to spend on a decoration? Or do you not really know where you would put that in your house? And they say, oh, well, I just don't know where I'd put it. 
Got it. Where were you thinking of putting it? Oh, well, I was thinking I might put it in the living room. Oh, in the living room? That would be perfect. Yeah. See, a lot of my customers, when they put in their living room, they either mount this on the wall over here, or if you have like a little shelf, you can mount that. And then see this decoration here, you can put that next to it. And that looks really good on the shelf. Oh, I do like that idea. I will put it on the shelf. Yeah, let's go ahead and get that. That is how that sale would sound. Most of you, they would say, okay, I got to think about it. And you'd be like, okay, good luck thinking about it outside of my store. Okay. Where it's just, okay, well, what would be the reasons why someone's not buying this decoration? They either don't know where they'd put it or they don't want to spend the money. So when they say, I got to think about it, that's what I'm going to ask them. Okay. Is it more than you're looking to spend on a decoration or you just not know where to put it? Okay. So think of that for your business. What are the reasons that someone would not buy very often it's two reasons okay it's two reasons which might even be is it too much money or is it too big of an option okay that's going to be what most of your question is okay is it too, is that more than you're looking to spend today or is that too big of an option that's what customers objections are 90 percent of the time and then when they say oh it's too big of an option then you can say no problem let me show you this smaller option. And then they'll be like, okay, perfect. I'll buy that. Rather than if they said, cool, I'll think about that big option. And then you said, okay, here's my business card. Let me know. And all the whole time, all you had to do was say, is that option too big? And then they'll say, yes, it is too big. Because like I said before, customers just think they're rude telling you that. Customers think they are rude saying that option is too big. So that's why you have to get them from maybe zone. The whole goal of a salesman is to get someone from maybe to a yes or a no. And then they're just out of the think about it zone. Okay. So guys, just to recap the episode again, number one, we're getting them out of the think about it zone. Number two, are you talking to your potential cold traffic in the proper way? Or are you just talking to everyone as if they were hot traffic, ready to buy your offer? Because that's not what Instagram is for. And that's not what social media is for. And number three, value is built with facts to build it in the pleasure aspect. Otherwise, you need to realize that the main reason people are buying at the end of the day, the main reason that actually gets them to pull the trigger right then and there is what pain would they be avoiding in buying that product? Okay, what pain would they be avoiding? Let me give you one more example on that before I close out because I want this to be very uh, clear what I'm talking about. I already gave you the example with the wine, right? Hey, have you ever had that issue where wine just tastes so bitter when you're drinking it and it dries out your mouth? Got it. That's what this solves, okay? What problem do you need to create in order for your product to be the solution? So my example would be... Um, I'm looking around the room here. So I've got an Eldorado <laughs> spring water. Uh, so it's like a spring water, uh, like little faucet thing rather than using my tap water. So why did I buy that? Did I buy it because they were like, oh, this water tastes better? Yeah, that's part of it. Okay, that's a little part of it that it tastes better than tap water. The main reason I bought is because tap water contains blank and blank and blank, which is bad for your blank and blank and blank. Okay, I don't even know what the chemicals were that they said. I was just like, it's bad for my health. Say no more. I bought the new one. Okay, so you, people are buying your product to solve a problem. And if they don't know what that problem is, guess whose job it is to bring that problem to light 
it is your job. So I hope that helps you guys actually be able to sell your products. Really uh, curious what you guys think about this episode. So feel free to reach out to me at IGM Secrets, or you can find me in my Instagram Marketing Masters Facebook group where the group is still small enough that I can still answer 100% of questions. So if you got a question for me, um, go f- feel free to put it in the group or DM me and I will be sure to get back to you while I still am able to. Have a great day, guys. Go crush it. I'll talk to you soon.